Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. Oh. I let my money at a fast pace. All right, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. First with us today, I got my boy Tank. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Also with us, we got Tone. What up? Another four-host edition. We got Cancer. What up, though? I mean, technically, I guess since we're doing this remote, I could have just tried to get every house. We could have did like a Wu-Tang session. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been great. This is a little uh, break in the fourth wall. This is already my third attempt at a remote podcast, so I figured maybe it's not a good time to push it. I know we're all on lockdown, but everybody's stocked up pretty good drink-wise. Uh, Tank, what do you got going on? All right, man. Got a fresh one. Poets Brunch Stout from uh, New Holland Brewing. It's fresh for me. Um, oh, yeah. Never tried it before. It's a uh, 9.0, baby. It's an imperial stout with maple syrup, cinnamon, and whatever natural flavor they got in there. It just says natural flavor, so I'm trusting some shit that goes with cinnamon and maple syrup. <laughs> it's got and, beaver uh, anal glands in it. <laughs> it's got bro- it's got electrolytes in it. It's what plants crave. <laughs> Rondo. <laughs> and then uh, fan of that stuff. Big fan. Oh, oh, you had it? Yeah, oh yeah, I love it. Nice, man. Nice. I, I didn't, I mean, I drink as many beers as I can. That's, that's different, but at some of them, you know, breweries just pump them out and New Holland's one of them, dude, you can't keep up with mm-hmm. them. So anyways, yep. uh, sweet, man. I'm looking forward to it. And then uh, real, real quick from the last time I was on, uh, Locke was double fisting and I uh, got a bottle of Carl's Carolina Applejack moonshine. So at some point I'll be, I'll be throwing back a, a shot of some Applejack moonshine, and that's out of Cap Carolina, because it's motherfucking Carl's Carolina. So yeah, because <laughs> nice. like I, I wanted to try to uh, mix up the location. I know you say drink local, you know we're we're from you know the it's out of Michigan and whatnot. So I figured maybe some down south uh, liquor in the mix this time, like last time with the uh, Kentucky whiskey. Keep it local, mostly mean like local businesses. And I feel a lot of times like a local business, even if it ain't local to us, that's still like a mom and pop shop. And I, you know, I still like to give that my business too. For sure. You know, it's a, glo- it's a global economy, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it, this shit is from some, you know, small uh, distillery down there. So yeah, I'm with you, bro. We had some whiskey one time. I thought like I, it was like old smoky Tennessee. I was like, oh yeah, I'll get this to try it out. And then I was talking to my brother-in-law that lives in Tennessee, and he's like, no, that's actually mass-produced, whatever. Like, well, like I'm not from Tennessee, so to me, this is some real Tennessee shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you go to Philly and you don't eat at the right Philly, ste- Philly cheesesteak uh, spot, and somebody will fucking clown you for it. And that's what's great about being a fat guy. I just ate at both. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try them all. Hey, the one from the guy that opened it from Carolina and the guy from Philly. Screw it. <laughs> there you go. 
thing is so funny. Like you said, natural flavors. Like, yeah, that sounds super natural. Like, hey, I'm going to go out to the natural flavor tree. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to give it they don't want to give too much weight. It's it's fucking good. I just had my first drink. It's delicious, by the way. Yeah, it's good shit. All right, uh cancer. What, uh, yes, sir. what are you drinking? Uh Oddside Ales Fight Stout. It's got the ugliest art. It's got like a winged bird but with like muscles and shit. Like it looks stupid, but it tastes great. Right like, on. From Oddside. So, so halfway through this. Tank's got a 9% beer and whiskey, so we're just going to lose him all together. Uh, cancer's going to get violent. I'm going to start fighting the screen. <laughs> fighting my weed pen. That's about all I can fight right now. There all right, Tom. Like, I'm a uh, line, line gin and a Sprite. Nice. Yeah, lime twist gin. Lemon. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, Mix the Sprite. Sprite Ooh, and uh, some of that lime syrup. Some yeah. natural flavors. <laughs> some bullfish or something. Yeah. I used to drink gin fairly regularly until uh, Snoop gin and juice. And we would get like an orange juice pour out enough and then just pour the gin into the orange juice bottle, shake it up and drink it. One time I got just so fucking drunk, threw up, and now you know it's not—it's one of those liquors for me. I haven't touched gin since '98. <laughs> <laughs> like the vodkas for me, bro. I I can't do vodka no more. Unfortunately, it happened to me with tequila, and it kept me out of the tequila game for around 10, 15 years. But finally, I'm back into it. So it took a long time, though. Well, shit. Right now, I have like a variety of liquors because we bought all this liquor for like the wedding rooms and all kinds of like. Orange juice and like syrups and all this shit to make cocktails with. So I've been oh, drinking man. everything so far. <laughs> so far, what fucks me up the most is whiskey, man. <laughs> that does it for me, bro. That's awesome that you've turned it into like a fucking science experiment and shit. Like, <laughs> right. My Google history is just mixed it. recipes. <laughs> yeah, now's the perfect time to experiment. Right. Whiskey's my go-to liquor. Like if I'm drinking liquor, I'm probably drink whiskey. That uh, peanut butter, that was whiskey, right? Or what is yes, that? Yes, screwball. Okay. Th that, that was Screwball good. peanut butter whiskey. The, the screwball whiskey's good, but it's a little bit pricey. They have Old Smoky Tennessee peanut butter whiskey, just as good, but it's 10 bucks cheaper. All right. So, you know, That's good to know, yeah. I got this uh, Big Lake Brewing Vanilla Captain's Porter. It's uh, pretty good. I'm a dark beer porter and stout guy. So I'll get them while they're still out there because as the spring breaks and it gets into summer, those dark beers get hard to find, you know, when it's all straight wheat beers and lagers and IPAs and shit like that. Like, you can still get them, but... Yeah, I like to switch into the sours and shit when it gets uh, summertime. We'll go ahead and get started. And the bad guy that we're going to cover today is Jose Chavez de Chavez. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene, fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. Jose Chavez and Chavez? I don't speak Spanish, but I think that means Chavez and Chavez. Don't look at me. Yeah, the, the half-white part of me is, uh, <laughs> is going to say, uh, is going to ask the other half, and the other half is going to say, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's Jose Chavez and Chavez. <laughs> Jose Chavez y Chavez was born in 1851 in Valencia County, New Mexico. At an early age, Jose discovered honest labor was a difficult way to go. And he gradually drifted for, into petty theft and cattle rustling. 
when was he born again? He was born 1851 in Valencia County, New Mexico. That's r- rough times in New Mexico, bro. You want to you wanna kickstart somebody into the life of easy money? You know, throw them out in the fucking no man's land in fucking middle of 1850s. Yeah, that's got to be rough. I've seen Mad Max. I mean, I'm not sure that 1851 <laughs> New Mexico looked much different than that. Didn't what's-his-name just get uh, arrested out in New Mexico for acting crazy? John Jones. Yeah. Crazy act. <laughs> no, uh, Elba- Albuquerque, New Mexico. Most of his trouble tends to be in Albuquerque, New Mexico, because he trains at uh, Jackson Winklejohn. Okay. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so that's where his gym is. It's one of those places, like, you'll notice a lot of the best fighters. You'll see there's a lot of fighters that fight out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. There's a lot of fighters that train out of uh, fighting out of Coconut Creek, Florida. Like, yeah, I you see know that what I mean? That's where the big gyms are. So if I know John Jones, I think he may get in more trouble in New Mexico soon. Yeah. I mean, Coke plus New Mexico plus John Jones plus money right. equals rough times. Don't get me wrong. I let my, I can I can let my surroundings dictate my behavior a little bit. If you put me in the desert, I know I'm gonna want to at least try to blow something up. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I can see yeah, it. I can see it. Do an eight ball and shoot a water buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Your thoughts even get a little bit crazier when you're the baddest man on the planet. When you can kill someone with your elbow. <laughs> in the late '70s, Chavez went to work for a guy named John Tunsdale. John Tunsdale was partner with. Alex McSween on a local store, and it was compete, competing with an existing local store, the L.G. Murphy and Company. Now, this one was also backed by the local sheriff, William Brady, and the Jesse Evans gang. Their store was huge, mainly due to the fact that there was no competition. You know what I mean? It was New Mexico, it was unsettled land, so it was the big store out there. They were the Walmart and, of the time? Exactly. It often became referred to as the house. Chavez goes goes to work at this guy, Tunsdale, and him and Alex Sween put together a new store, which is competing directly with them, which they fucking hated. When Chavez worked with Tunsdale, he was with a group of about 45 other gunslingers and ranch hands that became known as the Lincoln County Regulators. Ooh, nice. This beef over the two stores gradually escalates and escalates. You know, the house had the local law enforcement and the Jesse Evans gangs. And Tunsdale had his, you know, his in-house guys, the regulators. It all came to a head on February 18th, 1878, when John Tunsdale was killed in cold blood by the sheriff's posse and shot down by three guys. This catalyzed what we now know as the Lincoln County War. Okay. The regulators at this point were deputized and were supposed to bring in the killers of John Tunsdale. Some of the other Lincoln County regulators, it was... Uh, Chavez, Billy the Kid, Jim French. So, I mean, it's the group now we know from the movie Young Guns. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, so is Lou Diamond Phillips? Yes. <laughs> yep. Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> Damn it, man. <laughs> this, this is, this is going to be one of those hard ones to uh, cast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna go ahead and we're gonna take the Avengers age reduction and give that to Lou Diamond Phillips and we're going with him again. There you go. We can make him look young, we can make him look old, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. <laughs> Once the regulators were deputized to bring him in, they kind of just went rogue and started a gang war with the Jesse Evans gang. March 9, 1878, there's known what's called the Blackwater Massacre. They killed three men, William McCloskey. 
Buck Morton and Frank Baker were all killed by uh, Chavez and the Regulators. And on April 1st, 1878, Sheriff Brady and Deputy George W. Hyman were both shot by the Regulators while serving a warrant. The Brady murders often credited to Billy the Kid, but Billy the Kid, Chavez had both said that Chavez killed them. Oh, okay. So Hollywood or storybooks or whatever wants us to think that it was Billy the Kid, but the true story is, is Chavez got him. A lot of people say that a lot of Billy the Kid's story is like that, that, you know, he ran with gangs a lot of times, but he was kind of, you know, the focal point. He was the young guy. So, you know, he sold penny novels and stuff like that. Like, and he had those really awesome teeth. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, Billy the Kid was always like, you know, young ladies, man, you know, good looking kid. Anytime you see pictures, he kind of looks like a doofus, man. Yeah. His teeth are going in all different directions. Like, uh, Wait, yeah. no, that's Alfred E. Newman's great, great, great grandfather. <laughs> Apparently, there are no good orthodontists in the 1870s New Mexico territory. His shit was <laughs> you know what I'm Well, the dentist was also the surgeon, was also the mailman, was also, yeah, he had a lot Whatever. of hats to wear, so couldn't expect Wait, him to I be mean, perfect. The, the dentist was Doc Holliday. You don't want to have to go see him. Like, ah, yeah, <laughs> Wasn't that when like when like dentists and barbers were in the same place and shit? Or am yeah, I with the same person? Be like, yeah, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna cure your disease with this slug, then I'm gonna cut a bullet out of you and then give you a haircut. <laughs> they can do everything. There was months of back and forth shootings. There was the Battle of Blazers Mill, a shootout at Fritz Ranch. It's why they made the movie Young Guns. It was super wild west. You know, they were just kind of duking it out all over the place. It culminated in the what's called either the Battle of Lincoln County or the Five Day War on July 15, 1878. Ten regulators, including Billy the Kid and Chavez, they went for a meeting with Alex McSween at his house, and they got ambushed, and the house was surrounded. The first day of the siege was an active shootout, but there was no real casualties. But on July 18th, a cavalry detachment under the command of Lieutenant Colonel Nathan Dudley from Fort Stanton arrived. You know, you kind of had just two gangs duking out, but they brought a whole cavalry regiment surrounded the house. <laughs> At some point in the early morning of July 19th, the house was set on fire. <laughs> trying to smoke them out. Expecting, I'm sorry, I was expecting to be completely different. It's like, hey, we gonna fucking march the cavalry up here to set this bitch on fire. Like, wait, Jimmy Jam from down the block could have did that shit, bro. <laughs> yeah. Fucking do that shit. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's overkill for sure. Waste of manpower. So they would they try, they wanted them like alive or something. They wanted to release them before because you would think they would have just shot the house. Up. Well, no, they did. It was a five day shootout. So oh, okay. you can kind of see the house here. It was a giant property. You know what I mean? You it was like a five day shootout with no casualties. No, the first day there was no casualties. By the uh, time it was uh, done. They're just testing their guns out, <laughs> like seeing if they work. Get the well, keys yeah. out tomorrow. You know, we're talking about old-timey guns and people hiding behind shit. You know what I mean? Like, hey, don't make oh, any yeah. excuses for them, okay? <laughs> shitty shot is a shitty shot. Well, that wasn't we, the house we I was expecting. That's the first. I, I just now seen the picture. That wasn't the house I was expecting, though. That's a big place. I know. Oh, shit. That's like, like a Walmart. Walmart. Yeah, it looks like a Walmart. Five regulators and Alex McSween, who was unarmed. You know, he was never like a combatant. He was a businessman. But when the house caught on fire, when he tried to run out, he got shot. Basically, shoot the way out of their flaming house. The Battle of Lincoln County was ruled a success because five regulators were shot and Alex McSween was killed. 
when in reality, Billy the Kid, Jose Chavez, Jim French, and Doc Scurlock all escaped from that house. Right. Oh, all right. They should make a movie about that. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't amazing. get nobody good to take that role. Yeah. I mean, like, who would you get? Like, somebody like Emilio Estevez or some shit? <laughs> <laughs> He'd never do it. Uh, when it was all said and done, there's uh, five dead regulators, Alex McSween, and then two guys from the posse were killed also. Total, total eight dead. And over how many days did you say it was? Five days. Five days, damn. So, yeah, that's a lot of bad shooting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, the bullets to death ratio is high there. Yeah, that seems but, like a whole lot of trouble just to make that happen. They could have done that in one day, I would think. Well, and one of them was a guy that was just running out of a burning building. Right, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> you know, so, it's not like they took out some seal repelling from a helicopter or something. <laughs> He's like running in, screaming. Got him. I thought you wanted us to laugh. Can I go back in the house now? I guess, honestly, no, they didn't want him alive. They were content to just watch him all burn to death in the house. They're like, fuck it, I don't know. We're not sitting out here no more. And that's where the term smoked him out originated <laughs> that day. <laughs> well, was like, like, dude, we've been fucking reloading these shitty fucking rifles for five days. Like, we need to burn this bitch and just, I don't know what happens when they come running out. They're going to go in every direction. Well, I mean, once they come out, we just shoot them, man. Fuck it. Yeah, that's crazy. Why wouldn't they just burn it down the first day, though, is what I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a, a businessman's house. There was some wanted criminals inside. But just like nowadays, you know what I mean? You just don't fucking burn yeah. buildings down. You know, when we talked about earlier, the military showing up, the good thing about the military, the police force or whatever, you know, you can kind of go with whatever you want. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then be like, ah, well, you know, it's military action. Right. So, like, they use this as the playbook for Waco, then. <laughs> like, well, we'll give him a couple minutes, but at some point, we'll just burn that bitch. Hey, look, man, for five days, they've been fucking shooting something at us, bro. That motherfucker comes running out. I'm capping his ass. 100%. Well, I mean, on this show, I do have a shootout policy. After the Battle of Lincoln, all the regulators kind of split up, and Chavez tried to stay going straight. He worked for a local militia called the Lincoln County Mounted Rifles, and that folded within a couple months. At one point, him and Billy the Kid both tried to get accountability for the Army killing Alex McSween. So they, like, tried to testify and just say, like, hey, like, the military burnt that house down and killed the guy. And basically, no accountability was ever found on the Army's role. So those guys were able to, they were wanted, but then they were able to join honest militias? Yeah, they, like, escaped and <laughs> That's crazy. And, and then they tried to, like, remedy what happened because they were... <laughs> Like, uh, bullshit. After that five-day shootout, you burned down that fucker's house. Like, wait, man, you guys killed our boy, man. What the fuck? The Wild West was crazy like that. There wasn't a whole lot of difference between... It was a blurry like, line, huh? It was the same guys. Well, yeah. kind of whoever's willing to fight and gunfight. Like, if nobody else is going to do it, like, well, I mean, you're in charge. If you look back, almost all the famous lawmen, you know, Wyatt Earp, Chavez, at, you know, Chavez and Billy the Kid at one point were deputies. They were serving warrants. The yeah. problem is they just showed up and shot people with their warrants. That's not how <laughs> warrants work. But <laughs> you, you got people that go out there to, like, earn an honest living, and then you got guys that come out there that are looking for gunfights and wild shit. Now you need someone to be a cop. Those guys are like, ah, fuck it, I'll do it. 
It's like when you uh, want to amp up your security and you hire a hacker. You're like, you know, you know where to go. You want to go. You want to go with the guy that you know can bust your system to make your system unbustable. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a lot of the reason the fucking like CIA. At one point, the the government during World War II reached out to the New York mob to protect the New York docks. We've seen it a lot in like you know histories, even back in the like medieval times, man. A lot could be uh, forgiven if you were willing to provide some security through a, a turbulent time or something like that. Demolition man, you know they thought out <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Demolition Man, I think, like a lot of people say Roadhouse, I think Demolition Man could be the best bad movie that's ever been made. It's up there. It's up there for sure. It's quotable. I mean, it's outrageous. It's ridiculous. It's hilarious. It's, it's got a, a phenomenal cast all doing terrible shit. Like, that's, <laughs> it's hard to pull off. It's got people who wipe their ass with clamshells for whatever reason. Trying to stick to the right side of the law wasn't working out well for him. At one point, he even had a failed run at Lincoln County Constable. So he fell back to the other side of the uh, law in 1880 when he got drunk and killed a criminal named One-Eyed Joe Murphy. One-Eyed Joe Murphy. Better have one eye. The only, the only way it would be cooler is like if they only called him one eye because he was always squinting to look through the scope of his gun. So they called him one eye. And they're like, no, he got uh, he got hit by a ricochet bullet and lost an eye. So we're calling him one eye now. <laughs> Punched a motherfucker's eyeball out in a fist fight once. Or, or he got drunk and a donkey back kicked him. It could be a, it could be a dumb story, too. Hey, nicknames are like that sometimes. And uh, Unforgiven, when he's talking about the guy, like his nickname was Two Guns. So the guy that didn't know the guy was lying and saying it was because he carried two guns. The guy that actually knew him said, like, no, because cock was bigger than his gun. So we called him two guns. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. So, yeah, he kills one-eyed Joe Murphy, and then he he ends up on the run. He's kind of on his own. In 1885, he ends up moving to Las Vegas. Now, while he was in Las Vegas, he met the coward Bob Ford. Oh, okay. To, uh... You guys know who Bob Ford is? I don't. Yeah, they made a movie about him. Yeah, he was the guy that killed Jesse James. Oh, okay, yeah, yep. So he thought he was going to get famous for being the guy that killed Jesse James, but ultimately, and I think it's kind of cool, it's like fair karma or whatever. I mean, he was famous for killing Jesse James, but like his nickname was notoriously the coward Bob Ford. Which All is, he had to do was wait for him to turn around. Your whole life would have changed if you would have just waited for him to turn around instead of shooting him in the back. He didn't. He yeah, wasn't. <laughs> that was that was back from like when you had like a big enough beef to settle. You were standing like thirty yards away from a motherfucker with your yeah. hand like held six inches from your gun, and a, an acceptable way to to conclude your beef was to fucking see who could grab their gun quicker. And shoot the other motherfucker. So yeah. when you were doing it behind the back, then yeah, that was no wonder his name was Cowley. <laughs> and he thought he was going to be famous for killing a guy while he's hanging up a picture frame. And what's worse is he didn't have his guns either. So that's how scared he was of Jesse James. He shot him in the back, even though he didn't have guns on him. He's- but, he, he, but he wasn't smart enough to put a gun on him. You know what I'm saying? Or did he think that that story was going to be a good story? Like, hey, man, guess what? Tells people what he did. And they're like, you're a coward. Like, why would you do that? You haven't plant a gun on the dude. Something. 
We're not talking about modern forensics. It can't be that fucking tough to uh, fake a crime scene. <laughs> yeah, they weren't taking prints. Like, uh, yeah. Fucking Officer Chavez taking a report and shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's got yarn going from one side of the room to the other. Now the trajectory of the bullet, I don't see how it could have went from this direction at a 45-degree angle. While in Las Vegas, uh, Chavez and Bob Ford participated in a shooting contest that ended in a fight, and then Bob fled Vegas, never returning. Because he lost? At this point, everybody's already calling this motherfucker coward. He's in the shooting contest with Chavez. He's like, I can't straight coward kill another motherfucker. Like, I'm going to have to legitimately, like, man kill the next dude I fight. Like, I don't want it to be a dude who can shoot. <laughs> yeah, he was lucky exactly. that he even was the op- had the opportunity to join a shooting contest after being blackballed kind of the way he was. After Bob Ford beef, he became so popular in the Las Vegas area, he started working as a policeman in an area called Old Town. Old Town, Vegas. Is that Reno now? <laughs> <laughs> so this would be like his third attempt at being a lawman, and he just didn't dig it. So him and two other Old Town police officers, Eugenio Alillard and Julian Trulio, left and started their own gang. They ended up working for a group called Las Goras Blancos which means white caps. They were like a terrorist arm. They were trying to chase settlers out of the area. So what they would do is fence cutting, which doesn't sound like much, but at the time that was like a huge deal. So oh, they go yeah. out and cut people's fences. So like your animals just wander off and shit oh, like that. I got it. Fencing was like a big part of your property or your borders or whatever. So they would do fence cutting, arson, and physical assaults. Basically just trying to push settlers out of the fucking, out of the area. And it was all. And if somebody had like a lot of like a lot of land, it might take a while for them to even notice that something like that had happened. Well, and, and then by the time you, the damage would be done. So you get there and you fix it. In the meantime, now they cut your fence on the other fucking hundred acre part of your shit way over on the other side, or they'll burn down the fucking farm. Crazy what a hundred years can do. You know, it's like anti-settler. You know what I'm saying? And then hundred years later, they're like. We got to keep the illegals out. Let's build a wall. You know what I mean? It's like back then they're like, we're like, man, these fucking settlers out of here, man. This is this ain't their spot. You know, they're just coming in here with their fucking grazing on all our land and shit. Let's cut these <laughs> fucking fences. Let's get these guys the fuck out of here. Eventually, the Los Goros Blancos had took over and moved well into the New Mexico territory. So the boss of the gang, the Los Goros Blancos, was a guy named Vincente Silva. Vicente Silva, since Chavez and his group was his best guy, at one point he comes to him and he's like, look, I got this guy, you know, he's running his fucking mouth a lot. It's a guy named Patricio Mayas. He's like, I need you to kill him, shut him up, we take over his business, I'll give you a bunch of money. Chavez and his two buddies, they go and they kill Patricio Mayas for Vicente Silva. This was on October 22nd, 1892. So everything's going great, everybody gets paid, everything's going smooth. Until February 1893, when Vicente Silva found out his brother-in-law, Gabriel Sandoval, found out what really happened to Patricio Mayas and <laughs> threatened to go to the cops. So Silva goes back to Chavez and his buddies, and he's like, hey, this guy's going to tell on all of us about that Mayas murder. You got to kill my brother-in-law. Shit. Chavez and his buddies are like, all right. And they go, they find his brother-in-law, they shoot him, and they bury him. So they got him. Well, I mean, that's kind of their specialty, shooting people. they clear up all the tracks everything should be good and then Vicente Silva's wife keeps asking about her brother and she says she wants to hire like some 
private detective to kind of dig in for the murder of her brother. Eventually, Vincente Silva, he goes to Chavez and he's like, look, I think my wife's going to find out about the murder. So we probably just got to take her out, too. God damn. She present his buddies. It took the money for the hit. And they went and killed Vincente Silva's wife. But as they're digging a hole, the barrier, they kind of were like, you know, this motherfucker seems like he's killing everybody. And we're the only ones left. So then when Vincente Silva came up, they killed Vincente Silva and then buried him and his wife in the same hole. Damn. Nice. How romantic. Yeah. That was smart, though. No, straight up. How many uh, criminals have not, criminals who resort to the point of killing motherfuckers that freely have made that same mistake? Eventually, come on, dude, 90% of these people around you have been expendable. <laughs> it ain't, it ain't yeah. gonna, it's not too long. Chavez wasn't stupid, was he? No. If you're gonna kill your wife, you'll for sure kill me. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. He definitely ain't stupid, man. My man's been like a, a cop three separate times and wanted three separate times. <laughs> He's the man so far. Yeah, man. <laughs> the real Billy the Kid, I mean. They need to make a movie just on Chavez. True. Yeah. So what we're going to do, take a smoke break, refill our drinks, and we'll be back in a minute. this new drink it's called uh lansing brewery company velvet villain and imperial yeah. border that's good that's so smooth oh, okay. i like that I yeah you ain't that. kidding that fits the podcast the graphic on the can for sure it looks like some gangster ass shit that's a good spot uh, man i was gonna switch up but this this new one i tried it's so tasty i had to grab another one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's good stuff. I switched to uh, the Elk Brewing Company. They have a, it's called PB and Jelly. It's a peanut butter and jelly ale. It's fantastic. I don't use that word fantastic often, but for this, I'll, I'll use it. <laughs> I reserve it for this. When I grabbed this Velvet Villain, I thought about that one too. So I actually had that one in my hand at one point. Oh, really? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm, it turns out I'm not even allowed to go shopping. I stopped at the store. I spent 127 bucks. And I only bought beer. 
I go, uh, I drive far. I, I go to this place, um, and, uh, cause they have all kinds of weird stuff, like obscure stuff. Yeah. So I, I went there and spent like $75 the other day. <laughs> I shouldn't say that I only bought beer cause I bought whiskey too. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Split it up. Speaking hey, of that, I, I popped a shot while I was waiting to get back in the meeting. So that, that moonshine's been. Oh, fuck oh it. yeah. I forgot about that moonshine. Carolina, Carl, I took your moonshine to the to the head, my friend. <laughs> Carl would be proud. What about you, Tone? You still drinking that gin? Yep. I didn't have enough time to pick up a new one. If it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> right. So, after the murder of Vincente Silva and his family... Chavez and his friends were wanted. On April 1894, his two friends got arrested. Chavez managed to get away, but only for about another month. Because on May 26, 1894, he got arrested for the murder of Vincente Silva and his wife. He was tried and found guilty and sentenced to death. But then they appealed, and he was given a new trial by the Territorial Supreme Court. And they found him guilty and sentenced to hang again. On October 29th, 1897. <laughs> Are you guys sure you guys don't want to deputize me again? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you find someone else who killed somebody else. On November 20th, he was given a stay of execution by the governor of New Mexico. A lot of people were objecting and writing their local politicians and shit like that, and it was turned into a big deal because, like, he was, like, a kind of a local... Well, he was a cop a couple different times, you know? Fucking chased off Bob Ford. Shit, so, I don't know. People dug him. Anyways... They took his they took his sentence down to life on November twentieth. Oh shit! So so they decided not to hang him, just keep him locked up forever. Okay. I don't know that that's better. I mean, I guess it's better, but fuck, yeah. man. He always has a chance to escape yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. That's always the worst. Would life in prison's the best option? Like, fuck it, I'll take life. That's good. Yeah. Probably turn him into a deputy again at some point. Yeah, you want to shorten your sentence again? Make him warden. Yep, exactly. He started on November 23rd, 1897, and he went to the Territorial Penitentiary. And he was there until January 11th, 1909. So when he was 57 years old, the local governor pardoned him. There was a prison riot. He protected a couple cops and told the prisoner not to kill him and helped him out. And when the prison riot was under control, like the corrections officers... They're like, oh, yeah, Chavez was super cool, and he made sure they didn't kill us. And in 1909, the governor pardoned him and released him from prison. He's a lucky-ass motherfucker. So he didn't even get his life in prison. Chavez is a G, bro. <laughs> That's why, like, they wanted to make the movie – they probably initially wanted to make the movie Young Guns just about him, but they are like, nah, nobody's going to go see a movie that's about a Mexican. <laughs> not an 86 not an 86 like we gotta surround him with some other shit like let's let's just let's not just tell his story let's tell uh you know let's group them all together what what's crazy is that the actual star of that movie was emilio estevez who is still the whitest guy there yeah <laughs> and i say that and la bamba was actually a successful movie so what the fuck do i know <laughs> 
After his release from prison, he returned to Vegas, and he spent his life as a law-abiding citizen with his friends. He died in bed in 1924 at the age of 72 with his best friend. Historians say that he probably killed more men than Billy the Kid and Pat Garrett put together. Damn. If you do research on Jose Chavez, there's a murder that a lot of times pop up, and it's one that kind of points of like, like it's a bad one because it's this dude, a colonel, an army colonel, Albert J. Fountain, and his son. And it makes him look pretty shitty. But it turns out, like, during that murder when it was committed, Chavez was actually locked up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the good thing about being locked up so much, you know? You could try and get blind for some random uh, fucking crime. Yeah, I was ready in jail. Yeah, that's an airtight alibi if there ever was one. Yeah, yeah, back then it was probably easy to just stack some shit on top of somebody's, uh, you know, rap sheet before they're about to get, you know, thrown in the clink, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 100%. And that's the story of Jose Chavez y Chavez. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Go on. The last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. Man. I never heard of anybody that was on both sides of the law 50-50 for their whole entire life. That's the craziest shit I've ever heard. Honestly. He kind of even had both endings. He had the the criminal, you got life in prison ending, and then he got hey, out and yeah. just spent, you know, retired as an old man, like a lawman. Like, it's like a human choose-your-own-adventure. <laughs> Shit, man. He lived pretty long for back then. 70, yeah. 76. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, well, 72, but yeah, 72, that's old for, I that's... mean, anybody, let alone a gunfighter. Yeah. <laughs> God, man. Yeah, that's that's quite a life, man. Think about that life, too, because he was born in 1850, right, or 1849 or something? Yeah, 1851. Man, so he made it to the 20s, uh, you know what I mean? So he's seen some shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he made Early it in the car. Sure. Kept, a, yeah. kept chilling with him. <laughs> From horses to Model Ts and As and shit. Fucking World War and shit. Wild. Can you imagine being in uh, the Roaring Twenties and you're talking about that time when you was riding with Billy the Kid? You know nobody's listening. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That is nuts, man. <laughs> sure, old man. Yeah, I yeah. bet you did. Yeah, I bet you did. Look, yeah. we know Billy the Kid. Nobody heard of no Chavez, okay? Who are yeah. you? Yeah. 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 I'm sure they're going to make a movie about you someday. Every once in a while, the bad guy, our bad guys have uh, females, man. There wasn't any, uh, there wasn't a lot of talk about females for old Chavez. Yeah, what's what's up with him dying in bed next to his best friend? Yeah, now wait a minute. Did you say he, 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 did you say he died in bed next to his best friend? Or his best friend was just there at his bedside? They call that uh, confirmed bachelors, I think. (laughs) Oh, really? So that's what the, that's what the situation was for real? No, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. He <laughs> <laughs> was just speculating. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it just meant his boy was, you know, the only person that was in his life. At, I don't know. Maybe his boy was at the hospital with him. I don't know. This, this 2020, right? I say that, that we, that's, ex- I mean, hey, who, who am I to judge? He's a badass motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was, I, when I said, when I said it, I just meant like, he ain't have no hoes, but I mean, hey, the other way too, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. I'm sorry. He didn't have no ladies. <laughs> <laughs> he had no thoughts. 
<laughs> he was thoughtless. <laughs> he wasn't thinking so, he was thoughtless. All the Wild West stories we've done so far have been out in Oklahoma. So this is kind of the first foyer into the, you know, Lincoln County, New Mexico area, which was also a crazy, you know, Wild West, you know, front at one point, I guess you call it. But if we was going to cover one other person from the story, who do you think from the Chavez story you think we should cover? One eye. Sorry, man. I had that one in the chamber for a minute. One eye, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just want to know how he got that nickname. The guy that they killed who had his wife killed first, what was his name? Uh, uh, Silva? Vincente Silva. Yeah, yeah. okay. Nice one. Nice choice there. I'd be interested to see what he had going on. Yeah, I mean, running a terrorist gang, like, we didn't even know what a terrorist was in 1850, so that's like, uh... Yeah. Like, yeah, were they terrified? Yeah. Why is a terrorist? <laughs> really, anybody from that story, man. <laughs> you know, yeah, Vincente Silva. I mean, I think both of those one eye, because I actually tried to start looking. I thought I did some research on one eye, but it turned out, probably not a shocker, there's more than one one eye out wild west and around and shit in baseball alone there's like seven i did a solid 45 minutes of research into a completely different a completely wrong guy named (laughs) (laughs) originally like i tend to stay away from the big guys like i like to do chavez but you know like like i think at some point maybe i just have to fucking cover like billy the kid sometimes i think i can find some of the shit that people don't talk about yeah, you just yeah, come at it from a different angle. I'm I'm gonna tell my story about uh, Chavez's sidekick, William H. Bonney. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips would have done a lot better old man voice than Emilio Estevez did in Young Guns too. That is that is hands down the worst old man voice I have ever heard in any movie ever. <laughs> it is the worst and I know <laughs> Diamond Phillips would have done better than that it's, that was uh, Brushy Bill Roberts is the guy that he's playing the guy that said he was Billy the Kid Brushy There's, Bill <laughs> we know that in the movie Young Guns Lou Diamond Phillips played Chavez right if we were to make remake this movie today who would you cast to play Chavez Danny Trejo <laughs> <laughs> even even just a little bit older than Lou Diamond. I'm gonna go Javier Bardem. I young know. Javier Bardem. Yep, no country for old man. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he could do the, he could do the intimidating, you know what I mean? I oh could, for I sure. See that. What do you uh, think, Tank? You got a Yeah, the guy from Narcos who did um how come I can't remember like the biggest drug kingpin of our of the eighties? He did Narco uh, on Netflix. Pablo um, Escobar. Yeah, yeah, the guy who did Escobar, but he probably have to lose a little bit of weight if he was gonna it, do that. Uh, is it Javier Pena? I don't know the guy's name. I'm terrible with actors' names, man. Because the next person, for some reason, I keep on thinking of is one of those pop movies that had like the the werewolf and the vampire in it. I don't know, man. It's for like, little... yeah, yeah, yeah. Who played the werewolf character guy? Oh, okay. I don't know Tyler why. Lautner? I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not Tyler saying I would pick that dude. I'm just saying for some reason he keeps on coming up in my mind. 
when you said Narcos, I don't know if it's the guy that you're talking about. Is it this guy? It's Wagner Moura, probably. That's the guy who played Escobar. No, that's Pedro Pascal. That's the one that you just showed. Yeah, right, yeah, that's... no, no. Oh, that would probably be a better choice. I was thinking about the guy who played Escobar. Only because bad oh. guy, you know what I mean? But that would be a better gotcha. choice right there. The, the fellow you just showed me. Yeah, that, that actor would work even better because when I think of, like, a bad guy riding around in fucking, you know, the Wild West times, that's, you know, I would think of somebody more physical uh, appearance. But Yeah, yeah I, I think he's a good choice, too. Pedro Pascal was the first guy that popped up, and I thought, oh, yeah, I like – I mean, oh, yeah. he was the, the Red Viper or whatever, the Mandalorian and shit. Yeah. I'm going to show you guys the picture. When I first started, like, trying to put this together as a podcast, the reason we came up with the segment about casting the guy, uh, Jose Chavez Chavez is how we came up with this. Because we all know that Lou Diamond Phillips played Chavez in the movie Young Guns. Right. Well, here's a picture of the actual Chavez. Looks like he looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Does he looks like Benedict Cumberbatch? Which back crazy. in the day, whenever they somebody had to play a Mexican, they always picked a white dude to play a Mexican. So <laughs> I would say that that's probably him, like right when he got out of prison around those times. Cause he, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I know we've we've brought it up on the show before. When you go back 50s, pre-60s, it's hard to look at pictures and tell really the age of people because some people aged a, a lot faster than others back then. I mean, as they do now, but just seems like a higher clip back then. I would say this one's pro he's probably a little bit in his elder years. So this is another picture of Chavez. Yeah. Oh, jeez, man. <laughs> and I would say that's probably when he was younger, like first admitted into the, into the prison. Because I'm assuming 1089 was his prisoner number. What's up with that eye? Well, the, his eye wasn't fucked up in the other one. Maybe it was just a bad picture. But that one looked like his eye was all fucked up. Unless he got, got his ass whooped or something before prison. It might be just pixelated. So, yeah. So, that's got to be him going in. Or is it backwards? Maybe the yeah, other one was This has to be him. earlier. This has to be earlier because he looks yeah. a lot older in the other one. So, I think Javier was a good choice, man, for actor. You know, I think that might that, be bad. So this is the guy I was thinking. Have you got any of you guys seen Sons of Anarchy? Yeah. The guy that played the president of the Mayans, Emilio Rivera. Oh, nice choice, oh. man. Yeah, not bad. I was, I was thinking of his boy. That's a good. That's uh, a good. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> it's super funny because now that I know who he is from the Sons of Anarchy, like I seen him recently in some movie playing like random Vato in the alley gang picking on a white person or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he was in that corny-ass show called Z Nation. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I used to watch it. <laughs> hey, that was one of those shows that embraced how bad it is. <laughs> right, right. That's why people watched it, though. <laughs> They're like, we suck, but hey, watch this anyways. one of those horrible that it's good shows. Mm -hmm. Can we get away with this? Yes, we can. Yep. So now we got to do the DEFCON scale. So standard DEFCON scale is from five to one. Five being the lowest, one being the highest. Now on the Bad Guy podcast, nobody's a good guy. So five is Lee Murray, who's your crack dealing, kidnapping, bank robber. And one to be the Purple Gang, who's got multiple massacres and gang wars, and they kill people on the street. So on a scale, from Lee Murray to the Purple Gang, 
where would you rate Jose Chavez E. Chavez? I'm going to go uh, with a two. Okay. I also going to say a two. Yeah, I, um, I put him at a two, but of all the people that I've heard um, that you've gone through, he's one that I really want to look more into because I really can't get over the 50-50 thing. Like uh, a guy that was on each side of the law almost equally his entire life is just really interesting. Who has a life sentence and then gets out and then is able to just die of old age around those It almost makes me want to – okay, so for what the shit that he got away with, I would put him at a one, but just overall as like a criminal, I would put him at like a a two or a three. But he hit a lick on life. You know what I'm saying? Like he – this guy had a fucking charmed life for a criminal. See, I think I had him at like a three because what I was thinking is he's got a body count. Like he's killed some people. Right. But, you know, it, it got worse towards the end, you know, when he starts killing like, you know, random people for money and shit, you know. Yeah. But like a lot of that shit early on was just kind of shoot out Wild West cowboy and, and you know, killings happen in that. So I could forgive right. some of those. He's one of these guys that, like, I got to give him a higher number because he killed a, hand, a, a decent amount of people. But I don't even know that he was that bad of a guy. I mean, I mean, most of his life he was killing other bad people. So True. a whole lot of innocent people he was killing. For sure. I went with two because, I mean, he the series of murders at the end, the ones that eventually got him thrown in jail, just the, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like a, the total, but like, the wars and like the massacres. I always yeah. tend to go with body count and I always try to think about the choices that they had when they make the murders towards the end. Like, like, wait, do you really got to kill this person's wife? Do you really got to per- kill this dude? Now it's kind of got me questioning myself, but damn, I- I'm, gonna, I'm sticking with my two. <laughs> yeah, because there's all these different factors that go into it. You're like, it depends on what you're looking for when you think of criminal. Like you think of yeah. like, okay, is it the body count? Is it the things that they got away with? Is it, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just so much that goes into it. Is my DEFCOM 3 after four beers, my DEFCOM 2 after two beers? What the fuck? It's <laughs> 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 a slippery Sorry. slope. Sorry for my inconsistencies. <laughs> Well, we typically do standard MMA scoring, but we got an extra judge, which is actually probably closer to how MMA should do it. So, you know, three to four at two. Take it to DEFCON 2. You heard that, gentlemen? DEFCON 2. Deal with that. But, yeah, he's another guy, like a Lee Murray, shit like that. I always think we all know Al Capone. We all know Billy the Kid. Why does every person in the world know Billy the Kid and nobody knows about Chavez? Right. That's why this podcast is essential. And I especially appreciate that because the people, the dude who did the work is getting his due. You know what I mean? He's getting at least recognized now. But I'm, I'm glad that person who put in the work was able to, even though it was bad work, got his uh, recognition from the truth. What I do hope is if I ever get cast in a movie, I want the Chavez treatment where I look like Chavez, but they bring in Lou Diamond Phillips. You know <laughs> yeah. I was actually going to say that earlier when you were like, he doesn't look like Lou Diamond Phillips. And I was like, but Lou Diamond Phillips is so handsome. Well, I mean, I definitely think that if if Lou Diamond Phillips can play Chavez, then Mark Wahlberg can definitely play me. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I love LDP, man. We watched him in a show called Banshee. It was on Cinemax. 
it was crazy, man. It was like gory and I don't know, it was just over the top. But it was he was in there. He's like a barkeeper owner, soft spoken but still like badass and covert. It was pretty cool. And it's funny yeah. that they cast a Mexican as a half Mexican as a white man, and then a Filipino as the Mexican. Luke Evans Phillips is Filipino, so. And in that show, he played a Native American, the show I'm talking yeah. about. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> and Charlton Heston played a Mexican once, so, I mean, all bets are off at some point. In fact, now that I looked into it, that show, I think, like, three-quarters of the Native Americans on there were played by, like, a Samoan played one, Filipino, you know, with, with Luke yeah. LDP, and either way, but that was a fun <laughs> show to watch. If you like those guys... If you like bad guys, Banshee is a good watch. It's hilarious and over the top. I've heard but good things about it. What did you say? Charlton Heston played an Asian? No, Charlton Heston played a Mexican. John Wayne played Genghis Khan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't find anybody closer. <laughs> kind, of, kind of a weird one to bring up real quick, but if they ever make a, a movie about Trebek, and I just seen a picture from Trebek from the 70s, they would struggle, bro, because my man Trebek's looked like three different people in his life, dude. <laughs> they didn't have three different people play him. They had a Bob Dylan movie out a few years ago that had like seven different people playing him. One of them was a woman. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. This is Say Hello to the Bad Guy. Thanks for coming, and thanks for listening. To the bad guy, the good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. be dad spent my birthdays in the trap we had to work with what we had she been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the cam and i don't need a hundred friends i just want a hundred bands a hundred jugs a hundred scams hey hey so out of money grabbed a hundred hams out of money, grabbed a bunch of And bands. I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the pistols. Fuck a judge with a grudge. I'm blowing crud for my mental life. Ay. And I still keep it on me. Run into your big homie for you meet your dead homie. Ay. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Ay. The good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. Ay. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. And her ass fake And yeah, she in love with the bad guy But bad bitches never act right She act up until that bag fly I did a turnaround at one night Say hello to the bad guy The good guy coming last place You smell that dope when I pass by I let my money at a fast pace Say hello to the bad guy Smell the dope when I pass by.